So I'm going to start off in Matthew 6, 9, if you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, press, press the, the voice recorder. Well, we don't have to do that because we, we're on Facebook Live. Hey, Facebook Live. Hey. hey. <laughs> so if, if at any moment, and, and the reason I encourage you to take notes because we're not going to remember everything. And the scripture teaches us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So it'll be a disservice to yourself to not to come just to hear the word only to leave the same way. So we want to begin to change the, our attitude as it pertains to why we come to church. We don't come to church just to, hey, to have an emotional experience, right? We want to become the church. And here at the Vineyard, we're really trying to cultivate an atmosphere and an environment and a culture where we're, we're, we're bringing people into their identity, to their purpose, so they can begin to be released in those spheres of influence what God has called them to do, to be authentically themselves. Amen? So we're going to start off in Matthew 6, 9. We all know this prayer. This, we all know this prayer. This was, Je- this was Jesus uh, teaching his disciples how to pray, so to speak, right? So the first, I'm going to read it twice. The first time I want you all to read with me. Is that okay? Okay. One, two, three. Pray therefore like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't, don't. (laughs) Y'all will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us for our debts as we forgive those debtors. Letting go birth, both wrong and resentment. And do not let us go into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to read it again. But this time I'm going to share the, the spiritual principle that I believe God wants to speak to us today. Is that okay? All right. So uh, oftentimes Jesus taught in parables, and the parable itself wasn't as important as the principle, the truth that he wanted us. It was hidden truths that he was trying to get to reveal to the believers. One of the things he told, he told the disciples, he says, he says, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them without, without the Holy Spirit, the access has not been granted. This is why when you read the word and you try to read it from your intellect, there'll be blocks because it's not for your intellect, it's for your spirit. But without the Holy Spirit, you, you, can't, you can't log on to the Wi-Fi that gives you the access code. Amen? So we're going to start off. He says in verse 9, pray then. And I'm reading the Amplified Version. If you have the Amplified Version, thank you so much. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So hallowed be thy name. So the first, so the first, the first in verse 9... The first um, note we want to be acknowledgement. We want to acknowledge who we're praying to. Because we're praying to our Father, right? The second one is reverence. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heavens. Reverence. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Praise. And so as, as, as we continue, and like I said, I'm just laying the foundation. But as you, as you continue to grow in your prayer life, you know, 
that that this prayer shifts from I thank you, Father. You begin to pray from a place of faith. I thank you, Father, and it's I thank you, Father, that this is it's already done. So that's so you're giving him praise for what he's already done. Verse 12, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive debtors, letting letting go both the wrong. Letting go, letting go both wrong and the resentment. And so that's repentance. Repentance. Verse 14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, and then your father will not forgive your trespasses. My next point is we have to allow mercy and grace to flow. We have to reciprocate the same mercy and grace that God gives us. So I want to share six, six keys to receive an answer prayer. Six keys. The first one is be forgiven. We have to be forgiven. And I'm going to start off in Matthew 7, verse 1 through 5, the New Living Translation. Jesus says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For if you be treated as you treat others, the standard you use in judging, the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So in, in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, one more scripture. Galatians 6, verse 7, the New Living Translation. So what basically Jesus is saying, there's a law that's been in place. And I know we think that God's going to judge us based off, you know, our wrongdoing and different things like that. But we have to understand there's certain things that hinder God's ability to hear us. And there are certain things that, hear, that hinder our prayers, but also there are certain things that hinder our life. And forgiveness is one of those things. So six key, one of the keys to be, begin to receive uh, prayer is, is definitely learning how to forgive. Verse, uh, Galatians 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be disled. God is not mocked. The justice of God, you will always harvest what you plant. And so the law of love says you have to forgive. To be forgiven. I didn't make it up. It's God's word. And so one of the, one of the standards to receiving God's love, because we want to be able to receive everything that God has for us, right? So we don't want any hindrance. Now, we, we can all look at our own personal life. Can any of us say that we haven't done anything wrong? Have We haven't hurt no one. We never said anything that, that has hurt someone else's feelings. That's not true. We all have fallen We all have fallen short. So we need that same grace. We see need the same mercy that God gives. But in order to, in order to not um, block up that and clog up that flow to continue to receive it, 
we have to choose to forgive. We have to choose. The second key is be humble. Be humble. Matthew 6, 1, 1, 4, the New, the new King James Version. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, take heed that you do not you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have your reward from your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet before, before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. We could say churches. Or in the streets. Or in the schools. Or on social media. Because we see a lot of them on social media. And they, that they may have glory from men. He says, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So all these videos you see going viral of people doing great deeds, that's good. But it, they're not doing that for God. They're doing that for the glory of men. God says if you want to be rewarded by him, he says, do your deeds. He says, don't seek attention when you're doing it. You're doing it for him. The motive has to be pure. Amen? One more scripture. I want to read the parable from Luke chapter 18, verse 9, 9 through 14. Now, remember, in the parables, it's, it's, the, it's the truth behind the parable. So I want to show you something real quick. And he spoke this parable to some who had trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went into the church to pray, one a Pharisee and one a sinner, because they refer to tax collectors as sinners. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extraordinaries, unjust, adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes. I give all my tithes. I tithe twice. And he said, the tax collector, standing afar off, wouldn't not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down in his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. We have to understand God's thoughts are not like ours. So the way that God approached prayer he approached it from a self-righteous aspect. He saw himself as righteous, righteous according to himself. And the way God sees us as righteous is, is totally different. Our righteousness to God is as filthy rags. And so the righteousness that's imputed within us is when we say yes to Christ. But we still have to understand it still requires daily um, dependence upon the Holy Spirit while we're on that process of sanctification and purification, but our righteousness is based off not on our own deeds. So this brings us to a place of humility because we never get to a place where we arrive. We have to stay dependent upon him, and that requires us to stay humble. There's another scripture that says in James chapter 4, verse 6, he gives more grace, therefore, he gives more grace to who? The humble. He resists the proud, 
but gives more grace to the humble. So if you want to continue to receive from God, we have to keep ourselves humble. That, that's an important key. The third key is be persistent. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus was teaching us a principle about prayer. He says, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and a door will be opened. Then little children. Okay. Okay, so, so the principle is ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep, and keep seeking. In other words, don't take no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer. Well, I prayed about this already. And, okay. Abraham waited. <laughs> Abraham was sick. Abraham was 75 when God first spoke to him. He was 100 when he saw the promise. That's a level of persistence that, that um, brings us to a place of humility. All of us designed to bring us, all of us to, is designed to really uh, develop our character. If God gave us everything that we asked for, even when we weren't necessarily ready for it, then it would be, it would, it would, we'll, be, we'll, we'll operate just like the, um, the boy that went and wasted this, the prodigy son that went and wasted everything. That's what it looks like. If God gave us everything we asked for, then it w- then we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't operate. We would, we, you know, we'll just be acting spall like spall brats. So I want to read another parable, Matthew. I don't even okay. The parable of the persistent widow. I'm going to just read it because I didn't write, I didn't write the, the um, scripture. Yeah, I didn't write it. This, it's, my, it's my fault. But I'm going to read it. It's the parable of the persistent widow. And it reads like this. Then Jesus told the parable about their need to pray at all times and not lose heart. And in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in the town who kept appealing to him. Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps pastoring me or pestering me, I would give her justice. Then she stopped then she would stop wearing me out with perpetual requests. And the Lord said, Listen to the words of the unjust judge. Will not God bring about justice for his elect? who cry out to him day and night, will he continue to defer their help? He says, I tell you, he will promptly carry out justice on their behalf. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will, find, will he find faith on earth? So this parable, he was talking about a judge that he has no respect for God, he has no respect for man. He's a judge. So obviously, and he's probably arrogant, he's probably prideful and all these things, right? But does widow? She, she kept coming to him and saying, hey, I'm the, I, I need justice. I just kept demanding justice, knocking on his door, so to speak. And the, ju- the judge, over time, because she never stopped, she was persistent, right? So that's what it looks like to keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. So Jesus was trying to teach us the principle of being persistent, not losing hope. Not losing hope. And, and, and eventually... The judge awarded her everything that she, everything that she was wait, what, she, what she needed. The, the next key is be childlike. Matthew 
Matthew 19, verse 13 to 15. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked him. But Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid hands on them and departed from there. And so what Jesus means by being childlike is there's a dependency that children have upon their parents. When their parents tell them they're going to they're gonna do something for them, they just believe. If you tell your child, I'm, we're gonna, we, next month we're going to Disney World, they're going to be telling everybody, hey, I'm going to school, hey, 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 guess what? We're going to Disney World. They just believe it's a childlike faith, it's a childlikeness that God wants us. But see, we have to unlearn certain things because in, the, in this world, in this culture, we're taught to be independent. But God wants us to be codependent on him. So we have to unlearn so we can relearn his way. And that's what, that's what being childlike is. It's a dependence upon him. The next key is have faith. The scripture is, 11, is on Mark 11, verse 22 through 25. Have faith in God, Jesus said to them. Truly I tell you that if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea and has not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that happen, believes those things, believes that that would happen, it would be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it and it'll be yours. And when you stand in prayer, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive Forgive it so that your Father in heaven will forgive your trespasses as well. So we see it again. Forgiveness is a big piece. But, he, but he's dealing with the aspect of faith, right? Now, there's two, there's two uh, levels of receiving. He says, whatever you, whatever you, he says, he says, if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you will say so how can you, one of the ways you can identify faith is by what you say. What you say under, when you're under pressure. Not when you say when everything is great, but what you say under pressure. What you say when things get tight. What you say, are you, are you releasing words of faith that God can begin to meet those expectations? Or are you releasing faith on words of doubt? He says, if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And he says, now that's two levels of, of, of believing. He says, whatever thing you believe that, he says, whatever you say, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it. For you receive it first spiritually. And then it's manifested naturally. That make sense? You receive it spiritually. And then, and then you'll see it naturally. The, the last key I want to share is we have to keep our hearts pure. We have to keep our hearts pure. And that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. God blesses those who are merciful, for, their, for they shall be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, 
for they shall see God. So if you take these, these, five, these six keys that, I, that I, I shared today, you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed that God's going to always hear you. You're guaranteed to be on a path where God's going to continue to grow you, mold you, and develop your, your, spirit, your, your um, relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to share one more. Psalms 24, verse 3. Psalms 24, verse 3 through 5. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in this holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul unto vanity and not sworn deceitfully. So the, so the last thing we want to do, we want to we walk in, a, in deception. And to see, the interesting thing about deception is when you're deceived, you don't know that. So it takes, some, it takes us someone telling the truth and bringing it to the light. And so how can we be deceived? None of us here, no matter how long we've been saved, how long we've been in Christ, how long we've been going to church, is righteous based off our own abilities. We're righteous, we're righteous based off of Jesus Christ. Us, becoming, us believing upon him. And so... I want to lead us through a few, just, just through with repentance real quick. And this may be for you, it may not. But we, what we don't want to do is walk in self-righteousness. We want to make sure our hearts are pure. And, and as far as being our hearts is pure, that means our intentions are pure. We love God and we love people. So repeat after me. Father. I thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Search my heart. Is there anything in me that's hindering my relationship with you and my relationship with my neighbor? I repent. Remove the stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. I break tides with every lie that I've been told. And today, I marry the truth. I thank you for your love. Because you've loved me unconditionally, I love others unconditionally. Because you have forgiven me, I forgive. In, if any of you are holding anything in your heart towards someone that hurt you, we're going to say that one more time, and I want you to begin to say that name. I forgive. And you can say that name. Father, I forgive them because you've forgiven me. So, Father, even now, I just thank you. I just ask, Lord, God, that you will come in and heal every heart, Lord. Begin to heal every heart, Father. And I know, Father, the pain was very hard, but I thank you that you're turning that pain into purpose. I thank you, Father, that you're getting ready to show them who they are in you. 
I thank you, Father God, that you're taking them to deeper levels and depths of your spirit, Father. Even now, I command the blinds to open. I decree and declare right now that revelation and knowledge will be revealed to them. Even now, in the name of Jesus, everything that has hindered their ability to hear you in previous seasons, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ right now. They begin to hear you like never before. Everything that's hindered their prayer life, I decree and declare that it's cut off right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that you are right now that you are allowing them to be a, a ladder of Jacob where your angels will begin to ascend and descend right now. And I thank you, Father, that even as they sit down, God, that your angels are ministering to them. I release them right now, Father God, to do what it is that, that you've created them to do, Father. I do I, I release them right now, Father God, to begin to heal their hearts. Holy Spirit, begin to do what it is that you that you do so perfectly well. And I bless your people, Father. And I bless you because you're amazing. I bless you because you're honorable. I bless you because you're powerful, God. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. And even now, Father, I thank you that every word that was sown, Father, that it was sown on good ground. I thank you, Father God, that even now that the enemy will not steal this seed. And even now as a three-four cord that which is not shall not be easily broken, I bind this word around their hearts, Father, by thy word, by thy spirit, and by the blood. In Jesus' name, and it is so.